Last time I spoke on great faith. And as a matter of fact, I'm always speaking on great faith, or we might say more truly from great faith. We were just chanting with a reverential heart. If we listen to this truth even once, what is this truth? Right. And it continues, and praise it, and gladly embrace it. We will surely be blessed most infinitely. We might say, well, praising it and gladly embracing it is none other than conducting our lives according to the precepts, right? No need to write some poem or song of praise, although, of course, this song of Zazen is just that, written by Hakuin Zenji, to remind us, praise, gladly embrace. But, he goes on, if we concentrate within and testify to the truth. Testify, concentrate within and testify. This may remind you of another religion, right? Uh, it's not another religion. We tend to think that way, right? Another religion, different language, different names. But this truth, self-nature, is no nature. Then we've really gone beyond foolish talk. Foolish talk is this religion, that religion. This truth, that truth. This is praising, that is denying. Is talk ever f not foolish? The minute I start, can't help, foolish. So that's why I said right when no one answered. What is this truth? Cannot be spoken about. So we bumble along, sometimes putting words to it. And these words themselves, if we understand from the clarity of our zazen, are fine, are just fine. Any word is fine. The word is fine. Again, referring to another religion. The word. The word is nothing but Same. We start our morning service by chanting Atadipa. Atadipa. You are the light. This 
immediately turns our heart-mind to self-nature is no nature. Of course, I'm sure you all understand when we say you are the light, we are not talking about some kind of illusory belief in a separate self, right? Of course, you understand. You. Who is this you? You are the light itself. And so, right? Didi. Didi. No gap. Airplane sound. You are the light itself. It is saying this. No gap. We start our morning service with this chant to bring and center our heart-mind in this. This is what Hakuin is talking about when he says reverential heart. Reverential heart. No gap. Atadipa Biharata. And then Atasarana, Anana Sarana, this refuge, this very moment, this very place, not some better incarnation down the road a piece, not someone who lived 2,500 years ago or 2,005 years ago. Dhamma light of the Dharma, light of this truth, this. No self, no other, no form, no end of form. Just this opening to the vastness. So we start our morning service. Morning service is so precious, so deeply helpful to our practice to come together this way and whether the words themselves are perceived as just words or as atadipa. Little by little, we cannot help but feel this reverential heart. Almost in spite of ourselves, I spoke last time about suspicious nature and how prevalent that is. And at the same time, all Buddhas, all ancestors have told us, look deeply, inquire, challenge. Don't take anyone else's word for it. You are the light means your own true experience must be your 
own true experience, your own, with this temporary arrangement of molecules in this very brief time as whoever you are, your own true experience which, of course, blasts away such temporary manifestation. Wonderful paradox. You can only do it as you. Then you realize, what? You. So funny. So in our morning service, we go on to Tisarana, the three refuges, right? Traditionally translated something along the lines of, I take refuge in Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, or I go to. I go to. I give myself away to. So, Atadipa means I give myself away to. You are the light, right? You give yourself away to true being. To take refuge is so, so important. And again, we are suspicious. What are we taking refuge in? But little by little, when we chant this, tears come. How many of you have experienced this? Tears come, Buddha, Saranam, Gachami, Dhamman, Saranam, Gachami, Sangam, Saranam, Gachami. And then we chant Heart Sutra, Great Light. Dharani, great compassionate Dharani, and Kanzeon in Mejuku Kanongyo, right? Kanzeon. To invoke to realize, to actualize Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva of compassion, is Kanon, hearer of all cries. And we chant Kanzeo with all our might, and then realizing, of course, it is not our might, just giving ourselves away to Kanon, allowing Kanon to manifest. Our Atadipa heart, mind, as none other than Kanzeon. And by the time we end with this vast shout. Indeed, there is nothing left of any 
of that outmoded fiction we've been clinging to as self-identity. Just for a brief moment, right? Just, just this. So when you're here for the first time, perhaps thinking, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> Some kind of, what's that psychology called? Where they shout a lot? The West Coast thing? No. Anyway. Huh? Primal scream! What is this anyway? Primal scream therapy? Indeed, it is primal. Most of the time when we think in terms of therapy, we are thinking, how can I make myself feel better? Some kind of temporary fix. How can I get past this impasse in my life? How can I learn how to live in a way that makes me more this or that, that I feel I'm lacking? And so we're, no matter how good the therapy and how essential the therapy, we're still talking in terms of a dualistic framework with rare exceptions, rare therapists go beyond, certainly our Buddhist therapists, one would hope, go beyond. Someone was saying to me the other day, I'm so tired of my deep belief that if I can only have one more thing, I'll be okay. Does this sound familiar? If I can only have one more drink, I'll feel better. If I can only get one more, well, you fill in the blanks. I'm sure it's not an unaccustomed way of thinking. You know, we often speak about, if I can only change this about my life, if I can only change that about the person I live with, then everything will be fine. But unfortunately, what this person was saying to me has discovered is that that one more thing does not at all bring satiation, does it? Not at all. What it does is it fires up the greed machine for more. Endlessly craving more and more and more. So this is what we mean by samsara, of course. We are living with this round of constant greed, anger, and folly. But when we shout, no, just even for a moment, it's interrupted. Have you ever noticed that? It's a big interruption in your life, this shout. Big interruption, very inconvenient. Well, this is another way of speaking of Zen practice, to make our lives inconvenient. Inconvenience 
our old patterns. Interrupt them. Shake them up. Turn them upside down, inside out. Of course, when you feel truly through and through, trust in Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. As Master Rinzai says, you can have as much wealth as you like. Eat and drink whatever you like. Nothing is an impediment. Nothing is pursued. There are no traces left. Eat a cookie. Enjoy the taste. Swallow it down. That's that. No residual, I have to have another one. Or what if there aren't enough for later? There's no later. So this is a great relief. This is a wonderful actualization to understand and actualize this. We chant on opening this dharma, right? So all the trouble with my talking about any of this is that I'm just talking for myself, and you think I'm talking to you, and you think it's something that you need to cogitate about and remember for yourself so that you can feel better and say, yeah, Zen practice works. Forget about it. I can only say for myself. However, apart from warning you about taking anyone else's words for your own, but really finding out for yourself that anyone else's words are none other than your words and that the words are completely meaningless. That's so funny. Completely meaningless. How do we enter into this? How do we actualize this? You should be asking yourself that. Okay, if I can't take your words as mine, well, yes, you can, as long as you eliminate this yours and mine. But anyway, we'll bracket that for the time being. How do I enter into this? For myself, how do I get my own experience, right? So-called own. And nobody likes to hear an answer like, well, just sit. Or an answer like, my dear teachers, with the readiness of time. Now I want it now. I don't want to be ready. Well, you get it now. You're just not ready. Point is, it's all here. This, 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 no, 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 So we can do, I'll give you uh, a couple of things we can do to
bring ourselves into the readiness of now. Ready? <laughs> One thing is how we conduct ourselves in our bodies. Very often there's a disconnect, you may have noticed, between the mind, intellect, and the physical vessel. And a lot of our practice is to bring our attention back to the oneness of body-mind that is true. Okay? So everything we do, especially in the zendo, in terms of ritual, in terms of the posture that we take, is to help bring us back to this original oneness. The most important manifestation physically is gasho. Somebody came in the other day to Doksan and Gasho was approximate. You understand? Approximate. What do I mean? Sort of, right? Sort of. Sort of, kind of. So when we bring our palms together, there's no gap, right? Just one. Not the fingers all over and the you know, it's not a matter of, oh yeah, I've been told now when I come into the Doksan room, I've got show and bow. When you do prostrations, we're facing the altar. We are facing none other than Atadipa. You are the light itself. We face to the altar with this, this bowing. This, we say, raising the feet of Buddha, one way of putting it. But keeping this no gap feeling, no gap feeling to Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, I take refuge. I am one with. Kanzeon is bowing. There's no gap. This is how we bodily manifest our true nature, how our true nature is allowed to be thoroughly actualized in everything we do. So we may have some misunderstanding that once we have reached some degree of realization, then our bodies will manifest and actualize in the world. Often we think that about bodhisattva, right? Bodhisattva, someday I will be a bodhisattva when I get to a point where I stop being such a screw-up. And so we kind of allow a vagueness or an approximation of whatever is our practice. Just like Mokugyo. Exact, 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 exact. Not in between syllables, but exact. We are one with Kanzei. Right? Same. Whatever we do, 
Sam, to conduct ourselves no matter where we are, certainly in the Zendo, anywhere doing anything on these grounds, whether working outside, cleaning inside, to conduct ourselves as Buddha, as we are, as we truly are, not to get lost in some kind of frantic swirl, dropping one thing here and another thing there and rushing after someone and calling out and forgetting where we put things and trying to do a million things, this kind of ridiculous multitasking that our society has given us as the template for our lives. You cannot do anything unless you do one thing. Right? Yeah, but suspicious minds, yes, I know. The point is, it's not a mental construct, okay? Our practice is everything, every moment, every deed, manifesting this one, one act. And so, when asked, what is Buddha? Nonsense, Zenji said, ordinary mind. What is the way, ordinary mind? How can I find out what to do with my life? Ordinary mind, just what we are doing right here, right now. Ordinary mind, ordinary listening, ordinary birds singing. And in Bodhisattva's vow, we also find it's not some kind of elevated status that we progress toward. It's right here when I, a student of Dharma, Look at the real form of the universe. We think to ourselves, oh, the real form, not the things that are around me, not the way I am, but the real form must be something different. No, it's this real form. When I look, it's again, not an approximation. Just like Gasha, when I look, there's no self, no other. When I look at the real form, I am the real form of the universe, right? This is what it means. When I look at the real form of the universe, it's not like, okay, let's put it in a Petri dish and analyze it. It means Petri dish is my own heart. What is this tiny little microscopic thing crawling around, nothing but my own being. Now this look, when I look, all is the never failing manifestation. Well, how could it be anything but? So we have right this morning a talk by Jane Goodall. How many of you know who she is? What is she well known for? Hmm? Chimpanzees. Studying chimpanzees as what? Society as social beings as? Hmm? 
as the never-failing manifestation of the mysterious truth of Tathagata. What are you working on these days? What is your job? Anybody? If I ask you, what do you do in any event, in any moment, in any place? None can be other. None can be other than. So everything we do, whether it's so-called job, so-called relationship with a child, so-called writing something for others, everything is none other than this Atatipa, glorious light. And this realization, this realization we chanted earlier, makes us extend tender care with a worshiping heart. How many times in the past week have you felt that something does not merit tender care or that someone is so irritating that he or she is outside the sphere of any possible tender care? This is how we hurt ourselves, right? This is how we destroy life. We get so hung up on not killing that we really kill. We discern this is that, this is that. Extend tender care with a worshiping heart even to such beings as beasts and birds, even to, especially to, always to chimpanzees and co-workers. Not separate at all. Of course you may say to your co-worker you're a chimpanzee <laughs> and they may not understand. This realization teaches us that our daily food and drink, this means everything, everything. Of course, we may say no thank you to certain things, but really everything, whether it is seen as delicious or not, helpful or not, harmful or not, essentially, everything, clothes and protections of life. We're so fortunate to be held by everything, everything, to be supported by everything, none other than the merciful incarnation of Buddha. This Buddha nature pervading the whole universe. 
right here, right now. So this wonderful Bodhisattva's vow was written by Hakuin Zenji's heir, Torei and Zenji, and clearly I can go on and on and on. So maybe next time I'll go on. Appreciating this as a reminder of our practice to end I've been reading lately this book called Shingon Refractions by Mark Uno about Shingon Buddhism and Myo-e, one of the chief proponents who lived at the same time as Dogen Zenji. And there's a sentence here that I wanted to read to you. For Myo-e, the world of emptiness, the world of emptiness is a place filled with sentience. Not only that of human beings and animals, but also trees, rocks, and grasses. A cosmos in need of great compassion to heal its endless suffering. Let us rededicate ourselves to this wondrous practice we call Zazen. <laughs>